What's going on, everybody? It's Dylan James right here on JDF Media with Out of Bounds. And this evening, I have Tyler Sorensen alongside me, as always, to discuss everything and the latest and greatest in the NFL, including Week 14, which was much more, I wouldn't necessarily say interesting, but much more bombastic than we thought it would be in Week 14. A lot of things happened. Yeah, a lot more what the hell happened, Yeah, I think, in my opinion. Just, like, what is going on out there, just... Especially with what happened in each game, I think it's going to be an interesting week to look back on it in a very... I think we say this every single year. I think each year that I've been on Out of Bounds, I think we said it where each year is more weird than the last. Like, this year, you look at it, I was looking back at some videos, I'm like, remember the fake fan? The planted fan with yeah. the Chargers? Yeah, with the that Chargers. That this year. That was this year. That was only a few weeks ago. And it's like, I don't remember that. That seemed like a decade ago. And like, and it's just been insane. Yeah, it's crazy. Someone was talking about the uh, Titans and Saints game. Uh, they were like, yeah, we lost that game by one point. And I'm like, wait a second. That was week one. That was, it felt like it was so long ago. But at the same time, it's like you said, it's this season. It's crazy to think that this season has flown by as fast as it has. But this year has flown by very fast as well. It's December 14th. We are less than two weeks away from Christmas. Have you gotten your Christmas gifts yet? Have you finished your shopping yet for Christmas? I finished my shopping. I got okay. my mom. My mom doesn't really watch this. I'm going to spoil it. I got my mom the Romeo Dobbs jersey because it's her favorite wide receiver since Donald Drivers. So I'm like, hey, I'm going to get you a jersey because nice. I want to get you one. Nice. That's UPS awesome. still hasn't shipped it out, and it's been in Oak Creek for the better part of two weeks, and it's saying, oh, yeah, it should get shipped out at like 9 p.m. And for like the past two weeks, it's been like, oh yeah, it should be up Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Monday, Tuesday. So I'm going to call them tomorrow if it's not shipped by today and be like, hey, this better be here next week or else I'm going to throw some hands. Because yeah. it's, been in, it's been in a warehouse in Oak Creek for the better part of two weeks. Was it USPS? Was it UPS? Was it FedEx? UPS. Who has it? UPS. UPS. Okay. Interesting. Because I got it when I got it when um I got I ordered it on Thanksgiving because that's when they had like the thirty percent off discount for NFL Shop, so I'm like, hey, might as well do it. It's thirty percent off. Might as well get it. I think I got it for like a hundred twenty bucks. So I'm like, hey, it's a nice Christmas gift. I don't really get yeah. much. I don't really order much stuff for family members. So it's like, hey, might as well get it. And I'm just waiting for it to get shipped here. Just waiting. Well, hopefully it gets there soon. Hopefully it gets there within the next week so you're not pulling your hair out before Christmas morning saying, where is this jersey that Fanatics shipped me? So hopefully yeah. uh, it gets there in a timely fashion. I- I'm almost done with mine, too. I- I'm not – we're not. We're going kind of light this year because of the whole trip to London and Paris. We, we-, we spent a lot of money on that trip. Um, so we're kind of going light this year for Christmas. But, yeah, I, I still uh, have a few things to – to pick up here and there. So we'll see how that goes. Um, but yeah, if you want to join in on the conversation, feel free to do so. Go in the comments below. We are on Facebook. We're on Kick. We're on Twitch. We're on YouTube. And you can also follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. We're all there. We actually had a little pre-show video um, on Instagram earlier tonight. Tyler and I kind of discussed the topics we were going to be talking about on the show this evening. So uh, follow us there on Instagram. We'd love to get you guys involved there as well. But again, a lot to talk about this evening we can kind of start off in the early slate on that Sunday. Um, actually, later in the show, we're going to have Peeper, uh, Alex Peeper come on the show for Peeper's Picks. 
Uh, we're also going to be talking about the Cowboys taking over the number one spot in the NFC East over the Philadelphia Eagles. We'll be discussing the Titans game in Miami. Historic game. History was made that evening, and we'll talk more about that and the record that was set there for the Tennessee Titans and so much more. Um, the Browns have their quarterback for the rest of the season, which is which is interesting. So we'll talk more about their choice there. And we'll also uh, dive in to the 3-0 to zero win for the Vikings this past weekend, which was uh, kind of a snooze fest um, if, if you're an offensive fan in the NFL. So let's start off first with the Jaguars and Browns game. And this is the game that the new starting quarterback for the Browns played in, played very well against Jacksonville Jaguars, who were one of the top teams in the AFC this year, record-wise. I still have my questions about them. Trevor Lawrence was not 100% in this game, but he still decided to go on a high ankle sprain, which, in hindsight, was it a good idea? If you were going to lose anyway, was it a good idea to play Trevor Lawrence on a high ankle sprain against Cleveland? Ah, I don't know, but... The biggest storyline coming out of this story, uh, coming out of this game, is the new starting quarterback, Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco killed it in this game. Joe Flacco's 38 years old. He has not been playing in the league. He hasn't been a starter in at least a year and a half, a year, year and a half. I think the last he time he was playing was year. in Baltimore, right? Well, he started he started last year for the Jets for a bit. The Jets. Remember Zach Wilson got hurt. So he played a few games for the Jets. Um, but it's been at least really, a year. Did do decent. Yeah, it's been at least a year, a little bit over a year, technically. So, yeah, I guess you're right to say a year and a half. But he did start, I think, four or five games for them because Zach Wilson got hurt. Or Zach Wilson. Yeah, Zach Wilson got hurt. He didn't get in trouble. So he started for the Jets for a bit, and then he sort of bounced around. I know he played for, after after playing in Baltimore, I know he played for, like, the Broncos for a bit, the Jets. I think he also played for another team and now he's back now he's with the browns which i mean what better way to do it and then go for the browns a team that i think they st- i think the jets still have to face the browns one more time so it's going to be interesting to see if they do they see it really fast i think no, it's they fascinating do they, do the fact, they don't have to play i think it's crazy just look at his stat line his stat line for the game against the jacksonville jaguars mind you again a team that is supposed to be the top of the afc within the top five, 10 teams in the, I'm sorry, AFC. Joe Flacco, 26 of 45, 311 yards passing, three touchdowns and a pick. I mean, for a guy who hasn't started for a team in at, at least this season, I mean, I know he probably started, he started a few times last year, but it's been at least this season, if not a year plus since he's actually started for a team that's a pretty good outing for him. And if the Browns can have a quarterback that can manage the game, that's all they need to do, especially with that defense they have in Cleveland. I mean, don't look now. The Cleveland Browns are in a playoff spot. Yeah, I mean, honestly, with the AFC North as well, basically every single team in there is still in the in the hunt for a playoff spot. I think the Browns finally have a quarterback that they can rely on with Deshaun Watson still being injured. But even then, Deshaun Watson still looks like one of the worst quarterbacks in the league when he does play. So having Joe Flacco as 
that savior could be great, especially since they didn't even have him signed. He was on the practice squad technically. So now he's officially signed to the active roster today. So I yeah. think that's pretty funny. Yeah. And then doing this and being like, hey, I might as well go out there fling it. He does have one interception, which I mean, like, it's Joe Flacco. He's gonna throw he's gonna throw an interception, still has probably one of the best balls in the NFL, in my opinion, one of the best spirals in the NFL. So it's nice to watch him go out there, especially with the with the Browns receiving group with Amari Cooper and them just going out of the way to try to catch it for him. David Njoku is still having a great year so far, even with all his with everything that's gone on with him. So it's like they just really needed a quarterback, and that's what they have now. Like, if you look at this team and you say at the beginning of the season, hey, you're going to be making the playoffs with Joe Flacco and Kareem Hunt as your starting quarterback and running back duo, I think the Cleveland Browns fans will be like, what the hell happened, and how are we in the playoffs? Yeah, well, I mean, Jerome Ford is in there as well. Jerome Ford is, yeah. is splitting carries with Kareem Hunt, and it kind of favors Ford, actually, in the carries. But still, I mean, yes, having Kareem Hunt there, too, is kind of interesting to see that Re, re, uh, that reunion there in Cleveland, having Kareem Hunt come back after um, Nick Chubb's injury early in the season. But you talked about Deshaun Watson a little bit, which I want to talk about that a little bit too. Deshaun Watson, since he got injured, hasn't really been visibly with the team, like on the sideline. So I, they had a, a clip last week when Jake Browning well, had that huge game in prime time. And guess who's on the sideline with Jake Browning once he got off the field? Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow. Every time he was out there, coaching him up, hyping him up. He he was there with Jake Browning to be in his ear the entire game. He's still engaged in the game. But then they showed a clip from the Cleveland Browns game where Deshaun Watson's just propped up in one of the suites in one of the booths up, up top, just chilling. Like, do, do you see a problem with that? Especially with how much money he made. Do you not think that Cleveland should go to him and say, look, Deshaun, I know you don't like this. I know you don't like, you know, sitting here and just not playing. But at the same time, you, with the money we're paying you, at least act like you're involved. At least act like you're engaged. At least act like you care about this football team that you'll be leading again next year. I mean, theoretically, since we have all that money tied up in you, you're going to be the starting quarterback once you get healthy. So you need to be engaged in the team. You need to be on the sideline with your teammates to show that you're putting in at least some sort of effort into this whole thing. Yeah. I mean, this, I don't want to say, I guess devil's advocate is advocate is the right term. It is a shoulder injury. Whereas with Joe Burrow, it's much, it's a wrist injury. So I think, they don't want Deshaun Watson down on the field just in case he does get run into because that does happen a lot where sometimes you're running into the wrong place. Like the sideline is very congested, especially with with in high school we have got we I think this year we had like forty people on the sideline and it was still congested. Imagine that with the NFL size state the NFL size players that you have, it's very congested. So I could see that being the reason why he's up there, but yeah. If it's if it's him basically saying like yeah I'd much rather be up in the warm heated booth rather be down on the sideline I think that's sort of looking at it being like hey we we spent a lot of money on you we have a lot of money tied up in you within the next with for the next three years so we need you on this field and help and helping hype up our team because it, right now it's still looking like we that's this is one of the worst signings ever in the NFL yeah it doesn't look good for them. Doesn't look good for the Browns heading into the final stretch of the se of the season. 
getting led by a 38-year-old who hasn't played quarterback for a team in a starting capacity in about a year. So it, it, it looks great for Joe Flacco, though. Joe Flacco said, look, I've been waiting for this opportunity. I've been at home throwing the ball around, sitting on the couch waiting for a phone call, and the Cleveland Browns did it, and he was able to go out there and be successful. So kudos to Joe Flacco. He's doing great over there in, in Cleveland. Um, it'd be good to see them go to the playoffs. I mean, it, it, the team around him is good, too. Like you said, David Njoku woke up this season, especially with Joe Flacco. He got two touchdowns this past weekend. I mean, he's he's playing like he's on fire, literally, like he was earlier in the season, but now he's been put out, and he's just creating fire on the field instead of getting blown up off the field. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that team is looking really good. But on the flip side, you have the Jacksonville Jaguars, who, again, they were supposed to be the top five, one of the top five teams in the NF, or in the AFC and a division leader. And they lose this game. Pretty close game still. But, Joe, I mean, with Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence threw three touchdowns and three interceptions. He threw three picks in this game. Hasn't been doing well, especially with the ankle injury. I'm sure that kind of uh, that kind of added to it as well. But it's a Cleveland Browns defense. Cleveland's a very, very good defense. Gets to the quarterback. Miles Garrett's still there. So, obviously, it's going to be a tough road for the team who's playing up against them. But in this situation, I mean, the Jags, if the Jags, if, if they have one more hit on Trevor Lawrence, a big hit on Trevor Lawrence, he could easily get knocked out again on that ankle. He's not that mobile because of the ankle. He had a little bit of mobility in, in pregame and whatnot, but I mean, that ankle can only do so much. And so you're looking at this weekend going in to Jacksonville. We've talked about it on the show where Jacksonville doesn't really do well at home in huge moments. And this is a huge moment for them. The Jaguars versus the Ravens. In Jacksonville, the Ravens are favored in this game, minus three and a half. So, do you see that being a win for the Ravens on Sunday Night Football? I can see it, especially with the way that the Ravens are playing. I think also the Jags, I know in the title we have trouble in Jacksonville, but I don't think they're really in trouble. I think they wanted to... I think the Browns team, their def- the Browns defense is one of the best defenses in the NFL. I think if they just had a competent offense, they would probably be up there with they would probably be up there with um the, with the San Francisco 49ers on being the best team in the in the NFL no matter what. I think they're they're a superstar they have a superstar studded defense, a really good offense. It's just like the injury bug has plagued them a bit this year, especially on the front line and running back quarterback it's just plagued them completely so i think they're just i think the jaguars are still young a very young team that's still trying to find their way so that way they can try in the next few years to try to be able to win these games i think travis Etienne only had like 32 yards or something like that in a touchdown which that's you're you want to feed the ball to Etienne. he's very shifty he's very good on the backfield want to get calvin ridley involved you want to get uh evan ingram involved which i think evan ingram had the most catches, I think he had 97 yards of yards of receiving this this week. He got me 32 so, points in fantasy this week. He was yeah, very, so it was like, very good. 
Yeah, so like he has like they have those breakout moments for these guys, but it's like they just gotta all come together in one time. I think the one big thing for Jacksonville is I think their defense is still a little bit weak. So I think looking in the next few years, I think they're gonna be hoping that that defense can improve. And I think also still going back to it at the beginning of last year or two years ago now, I think they're looking back at that uh, Trayvon Walker pick and wondering why did they do that instead of Aiden Hutchinson. But I think. At the same time, that needs to be the number one thing that they got to focus on is that defense and trying to improve that. Because I think if they improve that, I think they're starting to get those Super Bowl favorite odds. But right now, I think they're still in that hunt to try to get to the AFC Championship game. Yeah, Wes from Hermitage is tuning in, joining in on the conversation. Thanks for tuning in, Wes. He said, great conversation so far. Side note, I truly think Ravens uh, Ravens run stops in January. They just can't put it together in the postseason for whatever reason. They're, they're along the same lines, Wes, as what I see the Cowboys are, in my opinion. I, I, I feel that same way, too. I can't put a lot of faith in what the Baltimore Ravens are doing in the postseason because we, we saw it a few weeks ago. Once uh, I believe when Joe Burrow got injured the first time, Lamar Jackson got injured in that game as well. Lamar Jackson got sh- shook up a little bit in that game as well, tweaked his ankle, something can happen to Lamar Jackson very, very quickly. The way he plays, I mean, so far this season, he's avoided it for the most part, but he has had a few hits on him to where he's gotten up a little bit gingerly, and he's quite injury prone towards the end of the season. I don't think he's played a full season in at least two or three seasons. I think the past two seasons, he's he's missed at least three plus games in each season. So if Lamar Jackson gets injured, then that team is, is done, is done. Mark Andrews is already out. Isaiah likely stepped up for him. He's been playing well for them so far in the tight end position. But if Lamar Jackson goes down, that team is not going to do anything with the backup quarterback. And you you just, you have to show me that you can do it in the postseason. I put that on the shoulders of the Ravens, and I put that on the shoulders of the Cowboys as well. Both those teams need to show me something in the playoffs for me to believe in them, to think they can actually make it to the big dance in the Super Bowl in February. I I, I still truly think that. So thanks for tuning in, Wes. Hopefully you uh you stay it, stay tuned, and listen to more of the conversation we have here. And if you want to jump jump in the comments like Wes did, feel free to do so. Facebook, Kick, Twitch, YouTube, we're all there. Hop in the f- comments, and we will put your comment up on the screen and uh, discuss it. So. Yeah, I mean, it, it's Trevor. He shouldn't have thrown it fifty times in that game. That's my last. Oh. That's my last comment. Oh, why did that's, he throw no, it fifty times? Especially, you said Travis Etienne. That is your. He should have been your bell cow in that game. If you establish the run in that game, let Trevor heal up a bit more. Have a game where he's not as relied on as normal. Then I think you would have been better off in that situation. But they uh, obviously they didn't want to get into the run game. Trevor wanted to throw the ball, and if you throw it fifty times, you still can't win the freaking football game. I, I don't I don't know what to tell you. I don't know why you're doing that. So Doug Peterson needs to do a better job of getting that run game going. Get that run game going. Get Travis Etienne going. Even if it, you need to do some bubble screens or whatever you need to do to get him going to get him running downfield. Uh, I think that's that's the best thing for the Jaguars moving forward. So we'll see how it goes. Ravens, again, 
in Jacksonville. Going to be a very tough game for the Jaguars. But then after that, Jaguars have a pretty favorable schedule heading into the end of the season, um, which we'll which we'll see how they do on those other games as well. Um, next thing we're going to talk about, Vikings versus Raiders this weekend. Vikings only scored three points in this game, and that was the only score in this game against the Raiders. Nick Mullins is going to be the starting quarterback moving forward. Josh Dobbs was benched during this game, but Justin Jefferson, who just came back from injury, got re-injured in this game and sat out a majority of the game to where they didn't have him on the field. They weren't getting points on the board. Josh Dobbs just didn't look comfortable as the starting quarterback. Um, I, I don't know if it's because they were heavily reliant on Justin Jefferson, kind of like a Ram situation when they were heavily reliant on Odell Beckham Jr. in the Super Bowl at first in that first half and the second half, they kind of figured it out, but it took him a while to do so. I have a feeling that was probably the case. They were going to feature Justin Jefferson quite a bit in that game. But once he got injured, they just couldn't get anything going. Neither team could. At least they won the game to keep their playoff hopes alive. But Josh Dobbs no longer the starter. Nick Mullins is coming in, which he's been kind of a renaissance man, too. He's just been kind of going everywhere. Journeyman uh, went to the 49ers. He's now with, with the Vikings. I think he was with another team as well. I think he was with a third team, too. Um, but he's been moving around quite a bit. But the biggest question for me is we were talking about the head coaching position in Las Vegas. And we said, look, Pierce is going to come in. Pierce is going to do some good things. He he, did, he had a great first outing, um, had a bye week last week, and then came into this game looking completely flat. Do you put that on the Vikings defense, or do you think that this offense just is incapable? It, it seemed to me also that Devontae Adams is just not getting involved. Like, you need to get that guy in. That's your playmaker. Get him involved. Get Josh Jacobs involved. And you could you couldn't even get a rushing touchdown with Josh Jacobs? Not one in this game? Yeah. I think... I think the Vikings' defense has definitely been improved. I think... Uh, oh, my God. Brian Flores. I almost said Brian Walsh for some reason. Ryan Flores is definitely up there. Like, if they had a defensive coordinator of the year, I think he's up there for defensive coordinator year. I think he's turned around that Vikings defense in the past few weeks. That's just been, it's just been, they've just been playing amazingly, I think, and they shouldn't be as high as they are. But I think also going to the Raiders' point of view, I think their offense just sucks. Their offense just sucks. Aiden O'Connell can't do anything. Uh, Josh Jacobs got hurt. He got, he got hurt midway through the game. Their team just looks like poo. I, the only player that's really performing is Max Crosby on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, Mark Epps had that big hit on Justin Jefferson. That was really the only thing you really heard out of him. They don't really have any stars because all the stars they have had are either out of the league or arrested. So it's what are you going to do if you're the Raiders? I think you definitely look at this team and you're like, hey, we're not. We're, I don't think we're really expecting to do much. I think if you're Antonio Pierce, I think you. I think you've played your case so far and be like, hey, let me be the starter for one more year. Let me let me be the starter. Let me be the, the head, head coach, coach for another yeah. year. Yeah, let me be the head coach for another year because look at the way that we've been going, especially beating up on these teams that are lower than us, beating up on these teams that should be that we should be beating. And we're beating them no matter what. We're making our we're making our case that we should be, hey, we should be competitive. But when we're facing a team that's the Vikings that's been on a little bit of a hot streak, obviously this week, Josh Dobbs has sort of 
came down to earth, especially the last few weeks. But I mean, hey, they're beating teams that they should be beating. And this the Vikings team was definitely one that's like, hey, we could beat them. I'm not saying this is one that we should beat them, but this is definitely a game that they could have won. And I think at the end of the game, obviously ending up 3-0, I think in the Raiders' favor, I think you're like, hey, we could have won this game. They look at the if you look at the roster between the Vikings and the and the Raiders, you, there's no there's more name brown name known talent on the Vikings than there is on the Raiders. So I think if you're the Raiders, you're looking at that and be like, hey, we won, we lost three nothing. That's that's the best way to lose. Yeah. Obviously, you don't want to lose, but like, hey, we lost three nothing. We gave it our all. We, like we couldn't really we couldn't get anything going on the offensive side, but we held our own no matter what. Yeah, and the Raiders now are five and eight on the season. So not looking so hot when it comes to playoffs for them. They're still in the hunt. Everybody in the AFC is still in the hunt except for the Patriots, I think. Or, I think they might. I don't think the Patriots are even. Are, I think the Patriots are still technically alive in with their win versus the Steelers. Technically. Yeah, but I think they're they're not mathematically eliminated, but they're. They're uh, drowning. Elimin- yeah, they're drowning. They're, they're definitely dry. drowning. Yeah, they're not there yet, but. I think this weekend they could potentially have the final nail in the coffin um, for the Patriots, which we can talk about that in just a little bit as well with Bill Belichick and the story that came out about him, um, them parting ways with Bill Belichick in the offseason. But yeah, I, I think that Antonio Pierce should still be the head coach next year. Have one more chance. Have one more year. See what he can do with this team. And just get some more talent in the offseason. Get some more talent for him. Build a better report. Potentially look at a quarterback, too a more competent quarterback than Aiden O'Connell. I think that he just needs more time to sit behind somebody. And I think Jimmy G was a good guy to have at first, but I mean, we haven't really seen Jimmy G with Antonio Pierce either. So, I mean, I know Antonio Pierce says he just moved on to Aiden O'Connell instead and just kept with Aiden O'Connell once he became the head coach. But um, yeah, we haven't really seen Jimmy G at all either. So um, interesting, interesting things there with the Raiders. And um, yeah, I think at this point, you, you just have to, the Vikings, we'll see how Nick Mullins does. I, I don't know how he'll do. I know that Justin Jefferson looks like he'll be going this weekend. He's officially questionable, but I think he's already told the media that he is going this weekend. So we'll see how he does in his performance back and hopefully he can stay on the yeah. field this time for a full game that would be great for the vikings i'm sure it would be great for nick mullins as well um but again it's just a bunch of question marks with the vikings and also the raiders going into week 15 yeah i think if you're if you're just justin jefferson as well before we move on i think you you should play this game there's only a few weeks left until the pre in the postseason you're still right now you're still the sixth seed you're still in yeah. it you're not one of the you're not one of the a slowly seven seed they're trying to fight in with the Packers and somehow making it to the seven seed. But I think right now you face the Bengals this week. I think that should be an easy game for you guys to win. Like they don't really have a defensive backing core. Their best spot on their team right now is the is the front seven. So I think you should be good. Their wide receivers are still fairly good, but with the way that you lock down the Raiders team, I think you could handle it. So I think this week should this week could be an easy win. I think it's going to be difficult. And then you face uh, Detroit, who's on a losing streak, Green Bay, and then Detroit again. So four games that are fairly winnable if you're Minnesota and that you should hopefully be winning to head into the postseason. I mean, if you win three of those four games, I think you're going into the postseason. Oh, yeah. If you win three of those four, you should be winning, but you should be making it. But I think 
Because I, I think I, the Bengals game this weekend is going to be tough. We'll talk more about it with Alex to see what he thinks too, because he's been looking at all the odds and the point spreads and everything for these games is coming up weekend. But I mean, the Bengals, Jake Browning looks really good for the Bengals. Really good. Not good enough for the OOB parlay to hit the over for Jamar Chase this past weekend, the oh, 68 and a half. But he's still looking very good for that team. Yeah. So we'll talk more about the that game's on Saturday. Yeah, it is. It is on Saturday at noon. So there are three games on Saturday this week. Vikings, Bengals, Steelers, Colts, and Broncos, Lions. So be sure to look at your lineup. If you don't have anybody playing tonight on Thursday Night Football, that's fine. Be sure to look at your lineup on Saturday on Fantasy because uh, they're playing on Saturday this week. So Hopefully you don't have anybody playing tonight. Hopefully not, because you're uh, about 30 minutes away from, from the start. 30 minutes away. The only and a terrible game. Yeah, the only teams you can see, see starting is Keenan Allen or Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs is currently out, and Keenan Allen is going to have Eaton Stick throwing it to him. I mean, Devontae so. Adams. Devontae, I mean, he's still going to be out there. I still think that he can have a bounce-back game as well if he's the only person that's yeah. – he's the yeah. only target he has. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I, I have Devontae Adams starting in two of my leagues out of five. Um, as just like a flex. So hopefully he can do something this evening. That would be great. Um, let's talk about this because this was a big storyline this week. Bills and Chiefs. Bills won this game 20-17, to 17, but it came on the heels of a controversial call, which was the right call for the referee to, to throw a flag for. Kadarius Toney was lining up in the neutral zone on a play that they let play out, which usually in those scenarios, if it is a, a wider, I mean, I guess with a lining up in the neutral zone, they usually let it go. But sometimes when it comes to like false start, they stop the play entirely. But they let this play go. It turned into a pass to Travis Kelsey on the right side. Then Travis Kelsey threw a backwards pass to Kadarius Tony on the opposite sideline, and Kadarius Tony ran in for a touchdown. Comes back, the referee turns on his microphone and says, actually, Kadarius Tony was lined up in the neutral zone. So, therefore, that play does not count. It's a penalty. Um, and we're, we replayed the down. Come to find out, it turned into a game-losing penalty because they lost 20-17 to to the Bills. What do you think about the whole blow-up with Tra- Patrick Mahomes on the sideline, fuming, absolutely fuming, saying this is unprecedented, this call never gets called. Andy Reid backing up Patrick Mahomes, saying that this was a terrible call that the referees made. To me, it was the right call. It was the right call. Unfortunately for Kadarius Tony, that was something you just couldn't do. You could not line up in the neutral zone. There was another video, though, that Dan Orlovsky posted on ESPN. He was talking about it. He said there were actually several instances that evening where he was lining up in the neutral zone. He was lining up on the line of scrimmage, where the football was, where you're not supposed to be, several times. Um, but that was the first time it was called that night. Yeah. Was that I big mean, play? Yeah. I mean, it goes back to the whole thing of, the, like, oh, they should have given him a warning. They probably did. They probably gave him a warning because he lined up in the neutral zone multiple times, like well, five and, times. And another thing, too, that usually the wide receiver looks over to the referee. You usually see it. He usually looks over to the, the referee, points at him. You see the wide receiver point at the referee saying, am I good? Am I okay? And the referee usually says, yes, or back up. They give yep. you confirmation then. However, looking back at the tape, 
Guess who didn't ask the referee if he was good? Kadarius Toney. That's the second bonehead play he's made himself this season to lose a game for the Chiefs. Those are two losses the Chiefs could have had as wins if Kadarius Toney wasn't an idiot. (laughs) Dropping a wide-open pass from Patrick Mahomes earlier in the season, I think it was week one or week two, then lining up in the neutral zone on a game-winning play, which would have been a... An incredible play. It probably would have been the the top play in the NFL this year, if it yeah, had I, if it had stood. And and people kept saying it this week. It would have been the play that would have highlighted Travis Kelsey's Hall of Fame induction. That would have been one yeah. of the top plays they would have shown during his induction ceremony. But now it's wiped out from the record books because of that penalty. Yeah, and I mean as well, coaching. Coaching wide receivers, you teach your wide receivers. This is the first thing you do. You look to the side of the line, you give him a thumbs up, and if he doesn't respond with a thumbs up back to you, that means you're either back or farther or farther ahead. And it's like, hey, you got to look at it. And you see it at the beginning. You see it in the clip. He sort of flashes to him, like flashes to the ref, and then looks away immediately. So he doesn't even get confirmation that he's lined up correctly. So the ref probably gave them warnings multiple times. So this is like, like I said, like the fifth time he's done it. So he's probably like, Hey, it's late in the game. I'm just going to throw this flag. Cause the flag doesn't get thrown. The third flag gets thrown is through as soon as the play starts. Yeah. So it's not like he saw it beforehand. He saw the play and then threw the flag. He threw the flag immediately. So you know that that was going to get called back or called beforehand either way. So you can't get mad at it. I think it's one of those things too, where it's like, Hey, we've given you warnings. We probably talked to, wide receiver we probably talked to some other people because it's like i know for myself coaching coaching for foot coaching football coaching high school the rest will talk to us about like hey we saw this this guy needs to get lined up a little bit back this guy needs to get lined up a little bit like it, most of the time it is back because it's like hey we don't really have that direct line of sight but hey if i'm i'm the coach as well i'm standing on the side that i'm seeing what the ref is seeing i should be i should i'm yelling at my players i'm yelling at carriers tony back up Back the f up because you're offsides. I've yep. done that multiple times with my with the defensive alignment because they're lined up in the neutral zone. So I'm like, hey, back up, back up, back up. You got to back up. And then yes, it is louder. Obviously, <laughs> comparing freshman high school to NFL and an Arrowhead, nonetheless, it's going to be a lot louder. But it's like, hey, you got to be you got to be aware of it. And that's what the number one thing, especially if you're a wide receiver, you got to be aware of where you are. Kadari Stoney just wasn't aware of where he was, and it's just one of those things too, where it's like you've been in the league for what? This is his fifth year now, fifth yeah. or sixth year. How long like you, you, you have to be aware of where you are on the field. So that way that doesn't happen. I, don't think, I think, eh, was you, it five or six years? I think Alex could probably give us confirmation of how long he's been in the league. Kadarius, Tony, but I, he's been in the league for a while, a few years. Least. I don't think it's been five or six. I think it's been a few. I mean, he came out of Florida. I think he got drafted after COVID. If I'm not mistaken, so Alex can look up that he while we're or waiting. Um, so. We have a few more games to talk about before we get Alex in here for at Peepers Picks. We'll do these kind of quickly, um, and we'll put some more time on the Cowboys and Titans games. So we can talk about that and probably bring in Alex for that conversation as well. I just want to touch on this real quick. Broncos are still on fire. Russell Wilson is is looking like he did in Seattle. That this is the player they were they were hoping to get last year and he, he's playing great their defense also is playing very well for the denver broncos we'll see how they go um heading into the the last stretch of four games here 
But the one storyline I did want to talk about, Brandon Staley is still a terrible head coach. I am surprised Brandon Staley is is still a head coach for the Los Angeles Chargers. I believe that next week when we have a show here for Out of Bounds, Brandon Staley will no longer be the head coach of the Los Angeles Chargers. I think after after tonight, after this game tonight, we will probably see a firing of Brandon Staley tomorrow morning. Yeah, they're, if, they're, if they don't, if they do not fire Brandon Staley, then that ownership group or the owner, what whatever, for the Chargers, they need to get talked to by Roger Goodell to say, what the hell are you doing? The Chargers are supposed to be the golden children. Of the NFL. That's supposed to be the golden one of the golden teams of the NFL. You have one of the best young quarterbacks in the league. I've said that week in and week out talking about this Chargers team with Justin Herbert. Now Justin Herbert is injured. He's done for the rest of the season now. And it's because of things that you put him in, Brandon. It's because of situations you allowed him to be in this season. That's the reason why you don't have a starting quarterback anymore. Is because of your ignorance, your stupidity as a head coach. So if he's not fired tomorrow morning by the Chargers, I I don't know what to tell you. I, I I don't know what to tell you. I mean, Justin Herbert should be going into the office of the owner saying, I will not play anymore until I get a head coach that can actually be competent. Because some of the decisions he made in the fourth and in, in like fourth down situations. Early in the game, fourth down scenario. I'll, I'll say this really quickly and then we'll go. Fourth down scenario, I think it was like fourth and four, fourth and three, something along those lines. Zero points were on the board so far. He decides to go for it on fourth down in the red zone instead of kicking a field goal and getting points. How many points did they end up with in this game? Seven. Do you think three more would have been beneficial in this scenario? I think so. Do you think that another play, another fourth down, they decided to go for it, didn't get it, instead of kicking a field goal, do you think six more points would have been beneficial in this game to make it 24-13? to 13? I think so. Just boneheaded decisions by this guy. I don't know how he got the head coaching position in the first place. He, does no, he no longer needs to be a head coach in this league. And if I were Roger Goodell, I'd have a, a stern talking to, to the front office for the Chargers come tomorrow morning. Or tomorrow at noon, if it hasn't been done at, at that point. Because it's bad for the product in Los Angeles, and it's bad for Justin Herbert moving forward in his career. Because we don't want to see another wasted quarterback career like we did with Phillip Rivers when he was there in Los Angeles, too. Or in San Diego, as well. Um, I'm off my soapbox for that. Do you want to say anything before we move on to our next oh, game? I'm just going to say, I could see him not getting fired because of how late we are in the season, though. Because since there is only like a, a less than a month left... I can see him not getting fired until the very end of the season. But like you said, I do hope he gets fired. He's one of the worst coaches in the NFL, and I think we should see a lot of coaches fired this year. I know one coach that is surprisingly keeping his job is Arthur Smith, which I'm like, how are you How are you keeping your job? How? how? They're still out there winning games every once in a while. Kyle Pitts had a touchdown this weekend, so look at that. That's an anomaly. I guess there was a shooting star over Atlanta as well. Yeah, this is like his third on U.S. soil, like, it's crazy to think about. Um, last but not least, before we get to, we'll, we'll talk to Alex about the Cowboys game and the Titans, Titans game as well. Um, Packers versus Giants, Monday Night Football this past week. Packers lose by two when they were favored. 
to a guy named Tommy Cutlets, who, who has the nickname Tommy Cutlets. You lost to him. 24 to 22. Fire Joe Barry. That's all I got to say. That's all I have to say in this scenario. Just this. Just the I mean, hand, honestly, the hand gesture. Yeah, honestly, like, this is... Okay, I'm going to go on a little bit of soapbox as well since you went out with the Chargers. Yes. The Packers team, it confuses me. Mm-hmm. Because I I had Jordan Love on my fantasy team. I'm just, It's going to be, like, the superstition side of me. I had Jordan Love on my fantasy team. I had A.J. Tillon on my fantasy team. I had the Packers defense on my fantasy team. We look like garbage. Drop them. A few weeks ago. They're sitting in free agency. Right now, I have Trevor Lawrence as my QB. He gets hurt. I'm like, okay, he's probably not going to play. Pick up Jordan Love. I'll just start him because I don't really check. I don't really check fantasy all that often this year because this year's just been a bad year for me. I have I sort of threw it away uh, early into the season. So I'm like, you know what? I'll pick up Jordan Love. He's been playing good. And then Jordan Love looks like crap again against the Giants. And I'm just like, what is going on? And I'm just like, I don't know what's going on with this team. I think we just need to look at, like, I think it's honestly just going to be one of those teams where it's like, hey, it's a rough season for us. I think we're happy with where we are right now. We're six and seven, seventh seed in the NFL or seventh seed in the NFC. And I think we're going to be happy if we get, if we go nine and eight and make the playoffs, I think we'll genuinely be happy. And I think a lot of fans will be as well because of there was no expectations heading into this year. There are expectations this year where we're going to win five games, look like crap, try to get an early pick. And I think we actually do have, a fairly good team on us. And I think this also goes back to the point where we were missing Christian Watson. Our injury list this year has been insane with how many injuries we have had. And this proves that Christian Watson, even though he's not really a, a, a true alpha wide receiver, he's a number one receiver for this Packers squad because without him, our, our offense looks like crap. He's not, a, he, he, we don't have a decoy and, with him out there, he's a decoy. So I think it's going to be interesting to see this offseason what we do because we need to bolster our offensive line. I think that needs to be our number one priority right now. We got to get Joe Alt. We got to get that ta- try to get the tackle out of a Penn State, which I can't. I'm not going to even try to pronounce his name. Starts with an F, and right? The last name starts with an F. It's like, something like yeah, something lines. like that. Yeah. It's like a PH or an F. Yeah, that, you that who, kind of, uh, Fatoma Nuhu or something like that. Something. Like yeah, that. yeah, we got to get a tackle because I don't think as much as I love the guy, I don't think David Bakhtiari is going to be back next year. I think he's. I think unfortunately his injury is sort of off the rails, and I think he's sort of done. We need to bolster our offensive line and bolster our DBs. So I think in the offseason, if we can get a DB like Buda Baker, I've heard, I know he is sort of open right now. I think he's probably going to be testing free agency this offseason. Okay. We can get a guy like him and get somebody on our offensive line in the draft. I think we're in the spot right now where our bridge is fairly good. We've got a very young team. So I think it's just about like, hey, we just got to build it up, make sure our offense isn't as complicated as it has been the past few weeks. Like I think, I think that's the number one reason as well why our offense has been producing. And number two, we got to fire Joe Barry. And I think once we do that, then we should be good. And you also got your first loss in December with Matt LaFleur being your head coach yeah. last week as well. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, I'm against not... Tommy Cutlets, but yeah. But I mean, like going back to it as well, I was seeing, uh, what's her name? Mia Keems. I think her name is. I Mia can't Kimes. remember off the top yeah. of my Mia Kimes. No. Uh, is, yeah. It is Myla? Okay. Myla? I, Mila Kimes? Mila? Mila Kimes, I believe. Yeah. Mila Kimes. I, uh, Alex okay. shaking I, his head in the green room. Yes, I think it's Mila Kimes. Yeah, I, I would not have guessed that because I just followed her Me, on no, Twitter. You I, know yeah. what? Mina. 
Mina? Mina. Mina. There you go. Mina comes. M I N A. M I N A. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I just follow her on Twitter. I don't know how I started following her, but I just somehow started following her on Twitter. And she she posted this thing where it's like, if you combine Joe Barry and Dom Capers, we would have one of the best defensive coordinators in the ever. And I'm like, yes. Dom Capers against bad quarterbacks was amazing. And Joe Barry against good quarterbacks is amazing. We just match them together, and then we get the best defensive coordinator ever. Hmm. But unfortunately, the Packers, Carson, and that can never happen. Yeah. Well, that was a lot. Um, but hopefully, they can bounce back this weekend. We'll talk uh, about that in just a little bit. I, I believe that game might be in Peeper's Picks this week. So we'll talk about that. Oh, God. So now, let's bring in Alex Peeper with Peeper's Picks right here in Out of Bounds with JDF. Alex, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for, Glad to be uh, here. Yeah, I mean, it's it's always great to have you here, and uh, we'll we'll have some really good picks to talk about. But first, before we do that, we're going to show you the the results of your picks last week, and the results are are above five hundred once again. Consistent, consistent, above five hundred once again. Three of five, but you're seventeen and sixteen on the season, and you're plus four units so far on the season. So in theory, I'm probably breaking even, considering uh, you got to pay a little bit more to cash out. So, uh, eh, maybe I'm up a little bit. I'm up. You're a up a little bit. bit. You're up a little bit, which is good. So hopefully we'll continue this streak. Hopefully we'll get over that streak. You said you were going to go five and zero with your picks this time. You didn't, but again, uh, three and two is not a bad record. It's not bad. I think. Uh, you know, if we want to reflect real quick, can we pull the graphic back up and yes. just real quick reflect on what went wrong? Mm-hmm. I mean, first of all, you guys already talked about it. Kansas City game. I mean, could have went either way, right? Could have. Um, could have. And then, I mean, I'll just say it straight up. I mean, I did not expect what happened to the Packers. Like, Tommy Cutlets is like, I don't like Tommy Cutlets. So, and I don't like him anymore. I don't like him even more now because, you know, don't yeah, let his manager hear that though. Don't let don't let don't let his manager hear that because he'll come over and you know he knows oh. a guy who'll come over there yeah. and get you whacked. Get you whacked. I think his I think his manager can probably help me out and probably try and give me some insider tips on what's gonna happen in the league. I feel like he's probably. the kind of guy that could do that. He looks like a bookie for sure. He look he looks like a cartoon character. <laughs> like a, if Disney had a if Disney made a cartoon character looking bookie. That would be him. That would be him. All right. Well, that happened this past week. And also, the OOB parlay happened this past week. And uh, Tyler did not contribute this week. Tyler was out of town. So we decided to put together a parlay, Alex and myself. I put together two of the legs. One of my, I was 50%. Uh, Tyler Algier had over seven and a half rushing attempts. I believe he had nine in total on that game. Christian McCaffrey, however, that was my second pick, did not score a single touchdown, which was very surprising. He actually really? cashed us last uh, two weeks ago on scoring a touchdown, but he did not score a single touchdown in was, his game. Um, George Kittle first, actually scored two touchdowns, I believe, in this game for San Francisco. Was that the first time all season? Um, no, this is the second time it's happened this season where he has not scored okay. a touchdown. So I, I would have to say that this week – I would put Christian McCaffrey as scoring a touchdown. Uh, anytime touchdown, I would say that just do that as yeah. a straight bet. I think that's going to be a, a great bet to have. 
Um, and Jamar Chase also. Uh, Jake Browning forgot that Jamar Chase was one of the best wide receivers out there and did not throw him the ball yeah, like I, at all. I, I, when I logged into the app, I used to like just check props and how they're doing. I logged in and I'm like, oh, this can't be right. It just must not have updated yet. Just must not have updated yet. Nope. So I just kind of waited. No, it updated. It updated. It updated to under 16 and a half. So that was our parlay. We'll talk about our, we'll post our parlay once again on social media, 11 a.m. Eastern time on all of our socials, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter as well on OOB parlay on OOB podcast at OOB podcast. You can find it there, but we're here to talk about peepers picks. So Alex, give it to us. Do you want me to put the graphic up while you're talking or do you want to just talk and then we'll put the graphic up after as a recap? Uh, yeah, put the graphic up. Let's let's run through them one by one here at the graphic. Here it is. All right, let's let's start with the carnival tonight. Chargers Raiders. We got us. We got a circus carnival. You know, it's like you, you know you're watching another NFL game. You're going to Disney World. This game, you're going to Six Flags. You're not even going to Six Flags. <laughs> you're going somewhere under Six Flags tonight. Yeah. You know, a lot of starters are out. I don't think there's going to be many points. I know that both teams don't also have uh, good defenses, but, you know, they just don't have good offenses either. Um, I expect, uh, what's his bucket? The star, uh, Etsy, et, et, the backup for the Chargers tonight. I expect oh, him to run the stick. ball. Eat and stick. Eat stick. I expect him to run the ball. He did that a lot at North Dakota State or South North, North Dakota State. North Dakota had, State University, NDSU. He had, he had 41 rushing touchdowns when he was in college. So Whoa. they're going to probably, he's going to use his legs. Yeah. I took, take the over on the, that prop, by the way, maybe but anytime touchdown legs. Yeah. yeah. It's plus 400, but yeah, he's going to use his legs. So I think the the clock's just going to keep moving. Um, and I don't know. I don't have a lot of faith in O'Connell either to, to do much to keep the, the ball moving down the field. So yeah, uh, like the under here, I really like the under here. Okay. Um, last week though, this Thursday night under didn't do so well. Um, Bailey Zappi decided to have a good game. So that was great. Um, hopefully that doesn't happen tonight. Fingers crossed. Um, yeah. So uh, there's an extra, uh, there's an extra bet this week. Uh, I picked one game out of the three on Saturday uh, to kind of, you know, dip my toes in the water a bit. And uh, I do, I, of those three games, I like the Lions minus three against the Broncos. I believe they're at home in the dome and they are going to be, I think not out for blood. I don't think Jared Goff has that sort of mentality at all. I think Jared Goff just floats in space and honestly kind of just like, you know, does Jared Goff things, but I think they're going to win by three. I think it's going to be a make it right game for them. They lost in Chicago. Um, you know, Russell Wilson, they're hot. They're, they're hot right now. They're like, what they've won. Like uh, they've lost, they've won like think like four of their last five or something like that so um i i just expect them to kind of have a letdown game i'm betting a lot on emotion this week i'm gonna say that a lot but yeah minus three lions take that uh moving into the 1 p.m game on sunday this i want to put a little lock sign next to it uh and the line has moved um it started out at like 10 and a half i just checked i think it's at seven and a half now so lowering it to six and a half, um, like you said earlier, I think this is putting the nail in the coffin for the Patriots. I don't think Bailey Zappi is going to be going and giving coach Bill Belichick a little stern, you know, handshake after this game, like he did last week. Mm. I think he's going to be more so just, you know, the backup like Mac didn't do as good. I, I just don't expect them to. To, to beat the Chiefs. And plus, Kadarius Tony's going to catch the ball this week. He's not going to be offside. And by the way, this is his third year in the league. He played for the Giants. Third year. 
Richter gear. Okay. So, still, it's long enough that you should know where you are on a football field. You should, yeah. but you don't. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I do have one yeah. thing for you, though. When it comes to the Chiefs, mm-hmm. shouldn't you take money line in that scenario instead of minus six and a half just to be safe? Well, if you want to, if you want to take down a unit, if you want to win a full unit, which right now we're saying is about fifty bucks, you're gonna have to bet two hundred and fifty to do that. Uh, money line's like four hundred right now. Like they're heavily favored, minus four hundred. Um, but I, I, I don't know why you'd even worry about that though. I don't. I think it's a make it right game for the Chiefs for sure. Uh, and it, and if they don't win or if they barely win, the season's screwed. It, I mean, I don't have any faith at that point. If they can barely get by the Patriots and Bailey Zappi. Uh, I don't know. I, it comes down to the wide receiver play. As long as the wide receivers can catch the ball and do their thing, Patrick Mahomes is clearly not the problem. I mean, the, the, thing the Chiefs lead the, they lead the league in the most drop passes. Their wide receivers lead the league. Andy's in the comments saying, I'm the graphics guy. Um, Dylan needs to fix a symbol by the Eagles. I think I have the wrong logo there. It was a very quick. You, do. you have the Chicago Bears. Oh well. Um, it was a very quick put together of the graphic, so I apologize if I <laughs> missed. Uh, I, I think I missed an S on Chargers as well. So apologies for that. Um, also, he said no. The Chiefs are going to destroy the Patriots, which you were. I mean, you guys again. You and Andy were pretty solid on the Chiefs last week, saying, "Oh, they're gonna go in, I- beat it, they beat the Bills." That didn't. It was happen. a matter of one so, play. It was a matter of one play. And also, won. that's one the play. reason why I typically don't even bet on my own favorite team, just because I know there's well, a letdown potential there. Oh, oh no, no, no! I believe me. I I have taken that card out of the equation two years ago when I would just every game bet on Nebraska college football. I oh, bet God. on them. Uh, I bet on them as underdogs plus sixteen hundred, saying, "Oh, they're going to win the game. They're going to win." Yeah, I don't do that anymore. I just I don't believe in that. So okay. Yeah, so I, I just like the Chiefs, though. As a, it's a make-it-right game. Come on. Um, okay, so speaking of their, you know, foes right below, beneath them are the Bills. Um, originally, I did I did have um, – when, when did the Packers play? Did the Packers play at 4 o'clock on the Sunday? Noon. We play at noon versus the Patriots – or Broncos. Oh, okay. Oh, not Broncos. Okay. Buccaneers. Okay, yeah. <sighs> Too I many was, teams I was, to think of. I was toggling back – let me back up to the 1 o'clock. I was toggling back and forth between that one – the Packers money line. You want to know why? No, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me tell you why. I, I agree. You put on a Jordan Love jersey and you don't know if he's going to be throwing 100 or 300. Mm-hmm. But um, I think for the Packers, this is definitely a make it right game for them, right? They lost to Tommy Cutlets they, in, a, in a devastating game. And this is a letdown spot for Baker Mayfield. You're not going to tell me Baker Mayfield is going to lead the ball down the field on a last minute drive and beat the Packers at Lambeau Field. I just don't see that happening. It's going to be close, but I think the Packers will win. So I, I could have chosen that, but I didn't. But all right, let's keep the train rolling here. Uh, the four o'clock slate on Sunday, Bills play, or the Cowboys go into Buffalo. Right now, the Bills are actually, or the the Cowboys are underdogs by two. I like the Bills money line. I just think it's gonna, it could be super close. I always go by if it's uh, anything under a field goal. I want to just take money line, so I'm gonna take the money line here. Uh, I like the Bills because number one, they're playing on real grass. That's huge. Grass, everybody. Real grass. Dak Prescott and the boys don't like real grass. I don't think. They always win their games when they're in Dallas. They got the AstroTurf there. Um, they're also terrible. They're not They're not terrible, I don't think. I don't know what the, the data is, but they're not good when they're away from Jerry World. So uh, I like that. And I also think Josh Allen is, you know, as long as he continues to the trajectory that he just did last game, the game before, 
I think he's, you know, he has enough muster to, to get them the dub. Um, and then Sunday night football, Ravens, Jags. I'm going to take the over on that one. Um, you know, I, I can see this being a shootout between Lamar and um, Trevor Lawrence. Uh, the Jags, you know, have, I think consistently shown over and over their defense is not good. I know the Ravens do have a good defense, but, um, you know, I, I, I have faith that the Jags can at least put up 21 points. Or if they don't put up 21, the Ravens will just blow them out. I believe it's also in Jacksonville. So that'll make the weather, you know, optimal for, you know, more points. So that'll certainly help. Um, <clears throat> and then finally, uh, we're uh, just the Cubs or not the Cubs. I want the Bears right there. The Bears. Yeah. Give me the Bears. Just kidding. Uh, I like the Eagles. Um, <laughs> I like the Eagles minus three. Uh, what do I have, Matt? I can't see the graphic. Oh, minus, minus three and a half. half. Yep. Yeah, I tend to, normally I would just bump that down to three. That way I push on a field goal. But this is enough. I, I, I said it earlier. I'm, I'm right on emotions again this week, big time, because this is certainly a make it right game for the Eagles. You know, they lost two in a row by decisive loss or like e, just it was a decisive loss, like no chance. I think they're going to make it right. Come back. Um, you know, you know they, they've won 10 games this season. You know, they're clearly a good team. They're a little banged up last week, but any team that can win 10 games can certainly bounce back and I think do it favorably. So give me them three and a half. Tag them and bag them. I think this is a good week. Um, really, really good week this week. As we get closer to the season ending, I really, really like to like ride on those emotions. Players, I think, are really feeling it. And, uh, you know, it's again, it's just like, you know, it's bounce back mode for a lot of these teams. You know, they want to get in the playoff hunt, so they're going to give it their all. So, yeah. Sounds good. There it is. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Those are Peeper's picks for the week. Um, Andy also says, I love betting against your favorite team, Dylan. There's one bet this weekend, though, that I think is a lock as well. Alex and I are going to the Titans game this weekend, sitting up in the club level. It'll be fun to go see the Titans play the Texans in their throwbacks. The Texans will probably not have C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud is still, has still not been cleared from concussion protocol. He has not practiced this week yet either. So I have a feeling C.J. Stroud will be not on the field for the Texans coming into Nashville. Um, and also the, the, the one bet that I would say put money on right now because it's at plus odds Titans over 20 and a half points total in the game. They have had one game this season so far at home that they have scored less than 20 points, 21 points for, uh, for that point, um, which was against the Panthers. 17 to 10 was the final score of that game. This game, I think, is going to be more high scoring than that, especially them just scoring 28 points in Miami. At home, they've been averaging about, they, I think they've had every game, they've scored at least 27 points outside of that game against the Carolina Panthers. So over 20 and a half, it's plus 100 odds right now. I think that's a pretty easy double your money pick if you do that. So I would definitely say that. Yeah, it's funny because the Texans allowed 21.5 points per game. So there you go. You back on that. And also the defense last week let uh, Zach Wilson score a bunch of points on top of them and win. So well, that's not a good matchup I, I will, for, the, for the Texans. I, I will say Zach Wilson is was due. I I was always trying to wait for that one game and, and piggyback on it. And I, I missed it. I'm pissed because last week was the week. It was the um, week. Unfortunately, yeah. Hey, yeah, Zach Wilson, I, I, I had faith in him coming into the league, but um, 
for the Jets, he hasn't been doing well. I think he needs a change of scenery. He needs to go somewhere else. He does not need to stay in New York because obviously he is just in his own head in New York. He needs a change of scenery, new voices in his ear to get him to be a better quarterback than he is because at BYU, he was completely different. So much confidence oozing out of him at BYU. Then he comes to the NFL and has a few bad weeks, a few bad games, gets benched early in his career. I, it's it's not, I don't think it's a good, I don't think Robert Sala is a good partner with Zach Wilson moving forward in his career. I think Zach Wilson needs to go somewhere else. I think they've already talked about, I think they are, there was a report out last week saying Zach Wilson's going to get traded in the offseason, which he should. There, there's no reason he's with the New York Jets anymore with the way that they've treated him so far. I think he has a fresh start somewhere else, and um, that would be good for him in the long run. Um, before we get going, we have two games to talk about. Alex, I wanted you here for these because these are the big topics we had this week. Um, Eagles-Cowboys. We were talking about Eagles just a moment ago. Eagles having a bounce-back game from this game because the Cowboys won at home in Jerry's world. 33-13 to was the final score. Cowboys just ran all over the Philadelphia Eagles. Is this the year the Cowboys, first of all, stay on top of their divisions, the NFC East, and two, actually make noise in the playoffs? This is open to both of you. Either one can answer that question. I mean, yes and no. I think they can stay top of the NFC East. I think they're going to falter out in the playoffs with the – I think the play, if the playoffs ended today, I think right now they'd be the two seed. So right now they'd face the seventh seed, which is the Green Bay Packers. And the Packers have notoriously beat the Cowboys in the playoffs, ending their super, ending their playoff runs as well as the 49ers. So there's two teams right there that you have to go through. I think as good as this Dallas Cowboys team is without all the memeing, I think they still are. They're going to falter sometime, and I think that time is going to come sooner than later. Hold me to this right now. I'll tell you right now. If the Bills or if the Cowboys win in Buffalo this weekend, I think they will win the NFC. I think they will prove that they can win on the road, and they they have to stay consistent. I think that's their problem. I think they'll if they have a letdown game, clearly you'll see the cracks, and it'll be the same old Cowboys. If it's close, maybe not. Um, but I mean, I think anything more than a touchdown, well, touch anything more than like two touchdowns. I'll definitely say the cracks are showing for sure. Interesting. I mean, the Cowboys are showing a lot more than they have in the regular season in a while, especially this year. I think some of the wins they've had this year, especially that Eagles game, I thought it was going to be a lot closer than that. It was crazy to think it was going to be 33-13, even though the Eagles offense we've talked about on the show as well, uh, Jalen Hurts hasn't been as potent as it was last year because they lost their offensive coordinator to the Colts to be the head coach there. And it just hasn't been the same offense that we saw last year. So the Eagles need to get A.J. Brown, uh, Devontae, Ad- uh, Devontae Smith. They need to get both of those guys going again. And they just need to have a consistent a consistent passing game, consistent rushing game. Um, I think they can get back on the horse. But, yeah, I think the Cowboys, if they win this weekend in Buffalo, I think definitely I- I'm aligned with you, Alex, that it might be a number one seed for the NFC pending of faltering of the 49ers at least some point in the next four weeks, which they would need to lose probably one game for them to actually get the number one seed. Um, Yeah. yeah. I don't think the Eagles, I don't think their problem is the, is the offense. I think it's the defense. Like their defense is, it's like running through Swiss cheese or something like, you know, it's, it's, you know, they can't stop anything. When you watch the Cowboys game, 
They're just running there, running on them, throwing the ball, putting them on, putting a wide receiver on a rope. They did that over and over and over. But also, though, if you're scoring points, does that matter? The Kansas City Chiefs, for instance, the first year you guys went to the Super Bowl, you guys didn't really have a defense. Right. Your offense was scoring right. points yeah. left and right. So Yeah, it, you had to shoot out. That's the thing. So I'm like, at this point, if your defense isn't doing it for you, your offense needs to step up and, and, and do better. Uh, I mean, A.J. Brown, we were talking about him early in the season, having back-to-back-to-back 125-plus yard receiving games. Where has that been? Like, he he hasn't yeah. been a factor for this team in a few weeks, at least. Um, he, he just needs to get back on the horse. And, I mean, again, I think that if the offense is, is showing they can put up points, the defense isn't on the field as long either. Um, they just need to sustain offensive drives. If they can do that, let the defense rest on the sideline, and that way they can actually stop a team if they need to and not allow 33 points to the Dallas Cowboys in Jerry's world. Yeah. Um, last game, Monday Night Football. It was the second game of the slate. The Titans versus the Dolphins. This game was really close in the first half. Very, very close. Titans were leading 10-7 to going into, over, going into um, the uh, halftime. Came back out, and the game was kind of going back and forth a little bit. Field goal here, field goal there. The Dolphins put up 14 points after turnovers. The first turnover was a muffed punt by Eric Gehrer within the 10 it was It was in the red zone, led to a touchdown. The second one was a, a muffed exchange between um, Will Levis and Derrick Henry. Kind of flipped the ball to him. He couldn't handle it, kind of fell on the ground. They jumped on it. Raheem Mostert had both of those touchdowns, by the way, um, for the Miami Dolphins. With less than three minutes to go in this game, the Tennessee Titans get the ball back. They were able to score two touchdowns and a two-point conversion to win the game 28-27. to We talked about this on the Instagram pre-show, but the Titans were the first team since 2016 to come back in the final three minutes of a game and win a game down by 14 points. And they were the first team in NFL history to do that in less than two minutes and 55 seconds and win in regulation. The other 767 teams that did that before between 2016 and Monday night were 0 and 767. No team was able to overcome a 14-point deficit in the final three minutes of a game. Choo-choo. Crazy. Crazy. And also, Will Levis was the first rookie quarterback to throw 300-plus yards on Monday Night Football. This is what I'll say. Um, He has to be consistent. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. On Sunday, we, we could be in that press box watching the game. He could might he might throw for a, 110 yards, 120 yards. I don't know. I I mean he had a great performance. He honestly, and I think Miami's defense is credible too. Um, I was impressed by it. Honestly, I was also pissed by it because I had Dolphins 13 and a half and was very confused when I turned back on the TV and I saw that happening. I was like, oh, Tennessee Titans, this is in the bag. You know, they're not going to come back. But I was impressed. Um, you know, it, he threw some great had some great balls um seemed poised he, he he looked like himself in the first game when he played against the Steelers and they won that game or 
No, they didn't win, but they almost won, right? It was close. Like I, I think no, they won. They won the Falcons game. Oh, they. Oh, it, was, okay. it was the well, yeah, it was I, the first throwback game, throwback jersey game that we had for the t- Titans uh, wearing the Oilers uniforms, and he won that game. I thought he started on the road though against the Steelers, and they lost. That was the second game he started. Okay. Well, either way, both of those games he looked he looked good. He looked okay, and then I think uh, you know I haven't been following the Steelers as close or the Titans as closely, but you know I know they played the Bucks, and he kind of shit the bed. So you just need that consistency, man. Like, and that's the thing too. I mean, this is a guy, rookie quarterback, who got thrown in to the starting position after his starting quarterback got injured with a high ankle sprain, or a high ankle, yeah, a high ankle sprain, um, and was out for a while. Took over the starting job. We knew there was going to be inconsistency. I'm in the boat now to where there were a lot of people, a lot of Titans fans out there saying, "Look, the Titans should lose out. Should have a high draft pick." and should just say F this year and just go forward. I'm of the mindset, and I've been of this mindset, that the Titans should just play their game. Go out there. If you win, you win. If you lose, you lose. I don't have any expectations for this team whatsoever. I I've, haven't had expectations for this team since probably week 10 at this point because it's just it's been at that moment where – they're probably not going to make the playoffs, which is fine. They still have like a, a 0.3% chance of making the playoffs at this point, or a 1% chance they could go to a 3% chance if all these different things happen with teams around them, whatever. I'm not even looking at that. I'm looking at can this team learn how to win with the current structure, with the current players in place, with Ty J Spears. He, he lit, had a fire underneath him in this Miami game. With DeAndre Hopkins. Him and Will Levis have a great connection. They've had six touchdowns. He's thrown six touchdowns to DeAndre Hopkins since he became the starting quarterback. And he had zero touchdowns with Ryan Tannehill before he got injured. DeAndre Hopkins, zero touchdowns. So you're looking at the numbers. You're looking at the playmakers that are around Will Levis. He has that dog in him. That's what they keep saying. And that's what I keep saying. Will Levis has that dog in him. He's learning how to win tough games on the road, at home, putting up points. If he can continue to do that moving into 2024, then I think they have a really good shot at doing some great things, especially having the most cap space in the league going into the offseason and still having a semi-high draft pick most likely. Even if it's a a middle-of-the-pack first-round draft pick, I've seen plenty of top 10 draft pick busts. In my in my 32 years on this earth, I have seen plenty of top 10 busts in my in in doing this. Um, you can't have a guaranteed thing in a top 10 pick. You can't. So I mean, why why lose out? Why just try throw this season in the trash can? Just go out there and play your football. If you win games, great. If you lose games, it's a learning experience at this point. So, in my opinion, I think it's good for Will Levis. I think it's good for the Titans. Um, going into 2024, I think they can be even better than they are this year. Tyler, you're quiet over there. What, did you have anything to add? Oh, I'm letting you guys talk about the Titans. I just, honestly, I didn't watch this because obviously the Packers were playing at the same time. I just remember looking up in the corner with them going to the fucking double box whenever the Titans, whenever the Dolphins were in the red zone, being like, "Why the fuck are you? Why why are you showing me this? I don't want to see this." If I was watching the, if I wanted to watch the the Dolphins game, I'd throw it on because like watching the Packers game here. But no, I just remember looking at it, and be like, 
wasn't it like third like i literally went to bed and i'm just like whatever like the packers lost like i really don't care i'm like i'll be checking the tennessee game okay it's like 13 to 28 i go to i lay down for like two minutes and i i get a text from one of my buddies and he's like how the hell do the titans win i look i'm like i like wait, what the hell how did they win and it's like i went back and i watched some highlights and I'm like man i mean like will levis can play will levis looks like looks good i think the only thing that worries me is Deshaun. Deshaun. Uh, I almost said Deshaun Watson. DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins is older, so you don't really have that timeline great with those two. But I think they should have a. I think the Titans do have a good quarterback for years. I think that's the quarterback position that they were sort of worried about a little bit, a little bit less worrisome. Now you just got to worry about the, basically the rest of the team. In my opinion, I think that offensive line definitely needs help. I think uh, Skaransky does need some help on that offensive line, but. Other than that, uh, uh, who's the tight end that you guys have? Cheme Owoku? Chiga Conquo. Chiga Conquo. Mm-hmm. He looks decent. Ch- I think he looks decent. I think he could be good. But He looked, I mean, be- he looked like... better this week. Looked better this past week. Yeah, um, I'm like, you, you know more about it than I do. So it's like, I think they're in that place where it's like, hey, the AFC South finally looks good. The one year that you guys look like, you guys look like poo. So it's like, you guys just got to try to retool and go back to it. But I think it's going to be interesting to see that. Hopefully that hopefully that the AFC South isn't like the NFC South like a few years ago where it was like, hey, we're good for like one season and then everybody else goes back to being uh, everybody else goes back to being less than 500. Hopefully like there's actually like a good AFC South because I think during my lifetime it's only been like one, two teams coming out of the AFC South that was like good. Yeah, so. yeah. I think it's going to be much more competitive now. So um, the game has started with the the, the chargers and the raiders chargers just went on their first offensive drive easton stick leading the charge and they were three and out um so that's i want to ask you a question really fast yes both of you guys so obviously i'm getting i'm not getting a lot of slack from this but because i haven't really voiced my opinion on it obviously the chargers went back to their powder blues Mm -hmm. recently they went back to it as like their primary jersey do you miss the navy at all because I wish they kept the Navy and the powders and just sort of using them alter like, not like, hey, like, hey, we're using the powders for, like, two games, or, hey, we're using the Navies for two games. I wish they kept them both and, like, split the season half and half with them and, like, use, like, the powder blues like their ways with the Navy blues like their homes. I'm seeing the jersey in my head right now, and Justin Herbert sure looks better in that Navy. I mean, yeah, the Rams have blue right don't they have like rams have lighter blue blue as well it's like a it's it's not the baby blue it's not the powder blue it's like just i think their colors are too close anyway regardless i think they're too close it it looks like the same it looks like the cousin uh like they're cousins it's it's weird i I think they should be completely different i know they're both in los angeles now or whatever i think the navy makes it look better though i think the navy makes it look more different than the baby blues I yeah, also feel like they're just. Diego, a, then. I I also feel like they're just a bunch of SoFi app logos walking around. You know, Justin Herbert's got that SoFi deal, so he does know, it's a SoFi looking color. He does yeah. SoFi, it. SoFi for sure. Um, but yeah, that's the that's the show. Thanks for watching. Feel free to subscribe to all of your podcasting platforms. We are there out of bounds with Dylan James. Also, follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. You can also stream us live on Twitch, on YouTube on kick and Facebook as well. Um, Once again, thanks for watching this week, guys. This is out of bounds. Dylan James. We will talk to you next week right here on JDF media.